Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go through the minds of people living in New York City. Being that I live in the city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's get ready to dive into these confessions with people I know and people that I've never met. Hi guys, welcome to the next episode of The City Confessions. I have a good friend of mine. She is Bitu. <laughs> Bitu. Bitu. How do I like not even know how to pronounce your name? Is that embarrassing? No, because I don't edit. Okay, so it's Bitu Yildes. Yildes. She is a mom of two-year-old twins and a fashion technology blogger. If you ask yourself what the hell that means, I don't know. So I'm going to have her explain it. That's kind of friendly. You have no idea what I'm doing. It's better. <laughs> listen, you don't even listen to all my episodes. So I think we're... Okay, we are even now. We're even. Yeah. Okay. We're starting starting straight. Starting... Wait, what? What's the phrase? What? Starting all over. Starting... Starting from scratch? From the top? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this intro is like, woohoo. Okay, so welcome. Thank you for coming all the way to the other side of Brooklyn. And of course, of course, always for you. Thank you. And um, yeah, so introduce yourself. Tell me what you do, who you are. <laughs> Give me your little bio. Okay, so I'm original from Turkey. Um, after I spent six years in Istanbul, then I moved to New York. My um, moving New York is like a story um, we like all see in Sex and the City. You know, Carrie goes after her Russian to Paris. My story was like that. I actually came after my now husband and boyfriend. Wait, um, so you followed him here? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I think you're chasing for love. Yes, I didn't come to here for like job or like learning language. Like I always have uh, in my mind, I want to live somewhere abroad. I feel I was not going to end up in Turkey, but I always think I'm going to be in Europe. Mm-hmm. I never think about uh, America. America, which is funny when I was like very small, like 12 years old. Uh, I watch uh, You Got a Mail uh-huh. and I love the movie and you know Manhattan looks so cute and yeah. pretty in that movie yeah. and I remember I was saying at the you know age of 12 I really want to live in this city one day but it's like you know you always tell me give your wiseness mm-hmm. <laughs> telling like leave everything to karma mm-hmm. like Put it out there like yeah. it's gonna find you yeah I kind of did that when I was 12 years old uh-huh. and um yeah I follow my husband here and you know what we only dated before I come to your two and a half months wow. and we date um long distance for four months and then I come here that's which is true love crazy that's your soulmate 
I know, but the thing is, like, I never do such a thing. Yeah. Never. Like, my. But that's how you know it's love, right? Because I think when people say, like, love makes you do crazy things, that's literally a prime example. You're right. And that, that is the other thing. Like, people like me, like, we are so, like, sick. we love the things secure. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you plan your future, you know what's going to happen. Like, um, uh next months mm-hmm. or like next year like i had a like a very you know clear vision but i'm gonna be in at the like age of 27 or something like i was a like, crazy person mm-hmm. and then this was the first time ever i decided a crazy thing to live in the moment i was literally living in the moment because i was thinking i love this guy and he is the best guy I ever dated, like without any plans, without putting any, you know. It just felt supernatural. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just saying, like, I'm happy right now. Why I ruin it, put all these countries between us. And I had a, like, everybody was asking me, why are you going? Like, I was also working in the internet industry back in Istanbul. Everybody's telling me internet industry getting, like, so, um, you know, improving it's developing why don't you go if you stay here you're gonna find your own company or you're gonna be like a managerial position why are you going and I'm like saying guys I'm not going to like um Iraq or you know like some war zone or something I'm going to New York you know and uh if I if things didn't work you can always go back come back and I'm gonna tell everybody I I live in New York for five six Mm -hmm. months and that's an impressive thing in my resume you know so yeah I came uh this is the story of my how I came to New York and um back to your question um I always worked for internet industry after I uh graduated from business uh school and um, I always think myself ended up in corporate companies because I have that, like, you know, very strong head, um, you know, thing I always picture myself in, like, you know, business attires and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I ended up in uh, some startup and I love it because I can put my hands everywhere. Uh, like, you know, it's like, since you're a blogger, you know, you are everywhere in your business. You know, you do shoots, you write your blog posts, you edit this podcast, mm-hmm. like everything you mm-hmm. do, you own it. Um, working in the startups um, somehow like that, even though you are not the business owner, but generally like very young people works for the companies and they are like very open-minded, like free spirits, like you can collaborate better than you do in the corporate company. So I love it. And uh, when I started my blog, aligirl.com, back in um, 2000, at, at the end of 2013, uh, but it thrived actually in 2015 because I wasn't writing that much. Mm-hmm. But when I first started, I started as fashion technology, Neves from Silicon Alley, which is New York, and that is uh, how my, I decided my blog name. Most people think my name is Ali, and I keep I saying, did too. No. <laughs> no, it's it comes actually from Silicon Alley. Oh. Um, yeah. So um, I was just writing about fashion technology companies based in New York, Silicon Alley, um, and uh, reviewing uh, 
some you know companies like Vino, like Nasty Gal's website, how user friendly it is, how is their customer service when I do shop, how I feel as a customer. Is it like um, they use the, all the technology tools they can use? I, I was reviewing this way. When you say fashion technology, most people think is like wearable technologies right away, like Google Glass or like Apple Watch and like any kind of uh, smart clothes they use in, uh, you know, fashion. Um, but mine is kind of like broad. Like I also like to talk all these developments, but I also, my take is mostly like how they use internet technologies in the fashion business. I think that's really interesting because as we know, the industry is so saturated right now and often it's either you have a personal blog, which is kind of what I have, or a, you know, topic focused blog like fashion and they share all fashion advice or beauty. But I like, even when we spoke about it, I mean, that's so niche and it's always a good thing to have a niche topic because that way you're able to pop up more as you know, with SEO and all that. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I love writing about technology because that is something I know and I live in. But um, like, as you said, my blog evolved to more like the lifestyle um, part. But I always keep that because that's my very valuable niche. I get tons of like business partnership just because my blog is um, in the top ranking uh, in the keywords of fashion technology blogs. So I always going to keep that. And um, like for the people who wants to see what's going on, like, because when they're going to you know visit my website, they're going to see all lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, contents. But I, in fact, Tuesdays are my tech Tuesdays. I always write about tech, fashion tech stuff on Tuesdays. Oh, clever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you for sharing your background with me. Can you talk a little bit more about just New York? Like what has been your journey since you've come <laughs> here, since it wasn't technically part of your plan? Yeah. And how did you transition from, I don't want to say like being a wife, but do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that role to kind of finding, calling New York your home now. And it's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, it's my, you know, the mm-hmm. reason why I came is because my husband. Because mm-hmm. now you are technically a New Yorker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know after how, long you can say i'm a new yorker i took they like always say different years. rules yeah some people have <laughs> said i've heard nine which is like the weirdest number <laughs> but i would say yeah like roughly 10 10 yeah okay. i have two year two more years okay just call myself new yorker okay. <laughs> but uh in my heart i feel like i'm new yorker um yeah so um when i first come i was so shy when I tell this to people, people are like, what? Because, you know, I'm generally like very forward person. I go and talk to people. And you remember when we first... <laughs> yeah, which we won't talk about. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I generally, I'm generally not a shy person to talk to people. But when I first come, I wasn't very confident with my English that part of the world has a problem with English. Like I studied English all my life when I was in like, um, you know, high school, like middle school. But I, when I come back here, uh, I was like, I can't, I can't, you know, feel confident speaking. I, I mean, I'm good at grammar. I know things, but like vocabulary was my, you know, strongest 
not strongest, weakest part. So I was always struggling. And that makes me um, kind of like afraid of New York. But when you think about it, I came from Istanbul, which is kind of same vibe. If you visit Istanbul one day, you'll, you can't say that. It's not like New York because New York has like so many different people from all around the world. Um, Istanbul is also getting so many people from uh, the world, but it's mostly still local. So it is kind of similar, but in a not um, same way, because in Istanbul, I was speaking my own language and it's my own country. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't that hard, but it's still big city, very fast city. It's hard to find jobs. It's like the life expensive. It's like when you compare in that sense, it's kind of the same. But in New York, I was like so afraid. And at the same time, my husband is always with me. Like when we order something, he was always ordering. Maybe it was like a safety net, right? Yes. And I feel like that is the reason I kind of couldn't crack my, um, you know, shell. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, like he was always there for me. And um, I think, um, so first, when I first come, I actually live in Jersey City. Uh, and then I moved to Upper East Side the year later. And then I start to feel like, oh, I'm in New York now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something very funny. I keep telling people the same thing. When I first come, I came as a you know, student visa. I was uh, going to some language course. That is the easiest. That was the easiest uh, way to come here. And I also helping some, um, you know, f- company to do their, you know, job with Turkey. And my language school and the company I, uh, you know, helping, they were bought in, um, I think it's Chelsea. It's like 36th Street mm-hmm. and uh, 7th Avenue and 8th Avenue. I think that part mm-hmm. is Chelsea. And all I see is like this wholesaler, people yeah. are yelling mm-hmm. in the streets. These are so dirty. And it was like, this is New York. And, you know, before you come to New York, you kind of have this, uh, you know, picture in your hand, like, oh, it's going to be like six times the city. Or like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you always see like this cute houses, like brownstone houses. You're like running from the stairs and stuff. <laughs> That's more um, like Brooklyn, to be honest. It, no, I'm saying more like, more like yeah, you know, yeah. Upper West Side vibe, right, right, you know. Right. And my experience is like opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have any Turkish, uh, you know, listeners, they can understand. It was like Eminönü, guys. <laughs> yeah, what she said. <laughs> Eminönü is a, like a... Um, a strip? A neighborhood? It's a neighborhood in okay. Istanbul and it's always like so like hectic, yeah. like so crowded. Uh-huh. And it's like wholesalers and stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. I decided to come to Sex and the City, but this is Eminönü, you know. <laughs> and after I moved to Upper East Side, then I kind of, I finally feel like, oh, I'm in New York because you know, I my apartment is just three blocks away from Central Park. I was jogging in the Central Park, or like if um, either morning or nighttime. And I get my coffee from the corner and like I was living my life. And um, later I, you know, f- feel more confident and I start to, ch- I check some, um, you know, f- website like meetup.com to see what can I find in my neighborhood to in- get involved, to speak more to people. 
So like I improve my, uh, you know, speaking mm-hmm. and I find this very cute group. They were, but only problem is they were like all old people, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, they, are more, they were like very understanding. They were tra- they are trying to help me with my grammar, mm-hmm. my speaking, yeah. <laughs> but like all the people were like 60 years old, 70 years old. I'm like, ah, I'm 25, <laughs> <laughs> but it was still a very nice experience. You still, it was me. good though, because like you said, I think that helped you break out of your shell. And yeah. like the whole point, New York can be such an intimidating mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes, again, I always say this, that like a certain personality to, to survive. Like mm-hmm. you need to be a survivor in the city yeah. because like this city is like insane. I know. So the I fact know. that you were able to go out of your comfort zone is obviously admirable. Yeah, especially yeah. if you are meeting strangers. Yes. Yes. It was, it was like, yeah kind of hard but at the same time like uh, you know you have to find that challenge in your life you can't be all the time in your comfort zone so I'm grateful I actually have those hard difficult times so now I when I you know look back I see like how much I grow Mm -hmm, (laughs) from those experiences but New York is definitely like a biggest one of the biggest teacher in my life I can say but like first two years, I was keep saying, oh, like I definitely want to get green card, but I, I don't know. I can go back to Turkey because, you know, um, Istanbul is a, still like one of my favorites, uh, like cities. Maybe right now I'm saying New York is top. Uh, but whenever I go back, I feel like I'm cheating you, yeah. Istanbul with New York. You are still so beautiful. Yeah, of course. I'm like still in between. I and can't that's fine. Say. I don't think you need to choose. Yeah. Um, the fact that you have two loves, hey. Yeah, that's <laughs> good, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to shift gears a little bit. And I'm not sure if you want to talk about being a mom but you are the only person that I know that have <laughs> twins which is absolutely amazing I actually knew you when you were pregnant yeah you were so, one of the yeah, first yeah so that's amazing people. because and, and actually I remember you telling me because you didn't disclose that like I don't think no. you revealed it to the public yet and you no, realized like I told you literally when I was pregnant for three and a half yeah, months and I didn't say anything until I was uh, but I was six and freaking and a half out I remember months. when you were like I'm having twins and I'm like Oh, I, I literally <laughs> lost my son. I was like, oh my god! And it's so wild now because they are, you say, two. Yeah. Now they're like. I I've known you for like three years. Um, I think we know each other for three years, but first year just for like. Uh, you got pregnant the on year internet. The year though that I met you, no? Like, like literally face to face yeah. meet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But before I think we follow yeah. each other for like a That's year crazy. or something. I know. Wow, memories. So yeah, um, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but mm-hmm. do you want to just, because I guess my next question would be, what keeps you up at night? So obviously, I don't know if that's like your babies, but they're actually two now, but just at this current moment, I think all of us go through struggles and we all have certain, yeah. you know, what, like I can interview you in a year and obviously your life will be so much different. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It depends on what's happening at this current stage. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask you what keeps you up at night? Like what's bugging you? What, what are you? Yeah. Like what's, what are you just going through? That's that you want to so talk about? as you know, or like, um, I don't know if the, some of the listeners know me before this, um, you know, chat. 
I've been away from New York for seven and a half months. And the reason being is we kind of explore the other states and cities to see um, like what are the other alternatives. Because when we first come to New York, we came to New York right away. And to states, when we first come to states, we come right away to New York. We start from the hardest city, mm-hmm. which is um, it sometimes is the best. Mm-hmm. Started, you know, just jumping to the water to learn how to swim I don't know um but at the same time like we just want to see the other options because like it's really really hard in New York having kids uh not just one yeah yeah. not just one and two yeah um I mean like probably we're gonna want another one if just one but it's still when you think about the money how much I'm gonna pay for the their daycare it's right away double so um we just visit some other states um mostly um no tax states no income tax states (laughs) it's a struggle of you know um families um but even though we love the other states cities um I was like never feel okay to live from New York. One of the reasons was I feel like I failed, you know, because you know there's this word if you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And I felt like I couldn't make it in New York, you know. Maybe I am a little bit harsh to myself because this city is getting crazy expensive. And you when you look at the lifestyle, it's you can clearly see like it's all sport, like a single young individual lifestyle. Most of the time, if you are not um, super uh, rich, (laughs) Uh, but I felt like I failed because, you know, after I learned I'm pregnant, I didn't go and find another job because I was, you know, going to leave the job eventually. So I didn't, you know, uh, just, go and look for another one and I had so many you know problems during my pregnancies so like I I didn't want to disappoint the you know um the the company I promised for you know can you imagine I started the job and I'm just keep you know morning sickness and so many you know pregnancy schedules I didn't want to do that to uh to people so this is why I couldn't you know go and hunt a job and after I give the bird and this time uh, my mother-in-law was helping us and one person is not enough for you know two babies so you should at least have two person you know to uh, you know take care of them so that is the other reason I couldn't go and hunt another job for after having them and um, when we check our you know um, you know finances then we see we can't do it in New York, like renting, finding babysitter or finding daycare without I, you know, I am working. And that was the perfect timing for us to go check other places since they are so little, they don't have any obligations to school and stuff. We were kind of feeling like this is the perfect opportunity for us to settle somewhere so we can travel, you know, that's the positive side of uh, our financial struggles. So we check all these cities, but at the end, we both decided New York is the home for us. And we come back just recently, like 15 days ago, I guess. 
And what's keep me at night right now? I need to find a job now. Um, and it's the funny thing. I started my blog actually for uh, finding a job in fashion industry. I was always in digital space. I am a digital marketing expert. I love my job even if I don't work for fashion. But I was thinking fashion makes me always like, you know, go for it. Like I see, I find myself a couple of years ago, I always look like fashion bloggers. I always look for like luxury business, luxury um, fashion houses. And before I don't, un- I didn't understand how people pay this, you know, crazy amount of monies to a skirt or like a shirt. It's like a rent money, you know. And then I, when I, you know, keep digging and digging the fashion, then I start to understand it's more like a um, lifestyle choice to buy a, you know, luxury brand or sometimes in some cases uh, it's like an art wearing an art rather than just wearing a, you know, simple garment. And um, that's make me, if I love this that much, spend so much time, why don't I merge two, two things I love? And this is how I started my blog is actually like my resume. So I can show the fashion uh, companies I am uh, capable of, uh, you know, both in fashion, understanding fashion business, but at the same time, I'm a digital person. I can do this, uh, you know, job. And um, right now I'm thinking, like, I definitely can't survive it only in my blog uh, revenue right now. It's just, like, what I earn from my blog, it goes to my blog back. It's like a small business uh, owner struggle. (laughs) Uh, But at the end of the day, I need, you know, that money to put to you know for my family mm-hmm. uh right now i'm just thinking about like how i how can i start like find a job like very quickly because you know it takes time it takes at least six months to find settle on a job even if you find it the hiring process is normally like yeah. a month to do like screening to mm-hmm. get your payroll and all that so. sometimes it's easier if you find a job in startup right. i love startup though <laughs> startup <laughs> advocate over here <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and, you know, we always keep talking, mm-hmm. should we start our own business? I know. <laughs> we're going to gonna be discussing that afterwards, because <laughs> it kind of relates to my solo episode um, for the for the premiere of season two of this podcast. Oh, okay. Side to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, my other question, as we are sort of wrapping this up, mm-hmm. is... What is your confession? Obviously, it's called the City Confessions. <laughs> and I know you dabbled into a lot of topics that I think are relevant just for the New York lifestyle. You mm-hmm. know, one, motherhood, struggle with maybe like, obviously, finances, rents, mm-hmm. um, finding a place to call home. Mm-hmm. Just like, I feel you've been going through a lot, you know, exploration and just mm-hmm. like literally this life cycle. Um, so... If you were to complete the sentence of like my confession is, what would that be? My confession is, um, I think I wasn't ready to become a mom. But can I keep going? Of <laughs> because I feel like I told too much. But I, I did like when I decided to, you know, become a mom. 
I find myself myself I always long after cute babies in the streets I always like oh look so cute and I will go and play with them and I always you know make funny faces to them I always find myself like um you know interacting with kids a lot and we always talk about having kids I always wanted to be uh be a mom maybe I need to rephrase my confession I feel like I am ready to become a mom but not the way um, in our mind. I don't know if I'm clear. Because, you know, we have this stereotype in our mind. A mom should be like this. And that mom is generally, like, always giving, giving, giving. And always the kid's life, like, a, uh, first above everything. Of course, they are the most valuable thing for me. But... I find myself I'm not not a typical mom. Um, Can you explain more? Yeah. Um, now I like when you ask me now I feel more clear. I, like I really don't think I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready to society put this role, and um, I didn't know it was going to be hard on me. I thought. You thought it was going to be easy? No, it's not that. Um, because I feel like I'm a pretty romantic person, very emotional. But when I become a mother, I was like more, I wasn't like that, you know, I can't live without my kids. I'm dying for my kids. What I feel when I have them, I am dying from the <laughs> C-section scar, you know? Yeah. And uh, my maybe that's because I have a very long, um, you know, uh, delivery. I was in hospital for 30 hours, I guess. And I heard a lot uh, for, you know, first uh, births for most young moms. Uh, I had so much emotion that day. Um, when finally we started first a natural birth and we decided to go with C-section because of some complications. And then I remember when, I, when they give them to me, I feel like, I, I feel like, who are these babies? I, <laughs> and now I feel like I'm a horrible person. It was like, of course, they're my babies, but I was picturing maybe something else. When I see them, I didn't feel like they look like us, neither for, like me or my <laughs> husband, you know? And the other thing is, I was in so much pain. I tell people I felt pain during the C-section and people don't believe in me. It wasn't, of course, somebody's like cutting you, but I kind of feel some kind of pain, you know? And after the uh, pre- like a procedure and... Um, they were trying to show me the babies. Of course, I'm curious. I, of course, I want to hold them. But my take was I'm so much in pain and I feel like I need to recover myself first. Then I can more be with them, you know? No, but that makes sense. I mean, not to kind of go a little off topic, but you know, like when you fly on the airplane and they always give you the emergency brief before they're like oh if something happens like make sure you have your oxygen mask before you help others out Mm -hmm. because you have to be able to be like fully there Mm -hmm. and again I obviously don't have kids and I haven't been pregnant or went through giving birth but I can only imagine like how 
like emotionally, <laughs> physically, mentally, spiritually, like all factors of your life, like mm-hmm. how draining that could have been. Yes. And um, I think like this is not a right thing to say, I guess, because I feel like maybe I had a postpartum syndrome, but I wasn't truly seek a help because mm-hmm. I was with my husband who is like, like I can't describe him with words. He's the most loving person and I am the luckiest person ever to have him. I always tell this, even though I have so many struggles in the life, you know, sometimes you just um, be feel like why these things happen to me. You know, you have those mm-hmm. moments Whenever I have those moments, I always immediately think, but I have party. Like, I always feel like he is the biggest chance I have. I am willing to give up all the other chances because I have him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, like, if you're not hearing what is going on, I need to find myself a husband like that. I hope. Do you think it, they have to be from Turkey? Like, should I, like... Oh no, he's a, he's a one-of-a-kind person, but I can't... I feel like he's not like a typical Turkish man. I can assure you. Okay, fine. I just need somebody like him. That's you don't, you don't, you don't have to find universe. Turkish. <laughs> yeah, plant, planting seeds. Uh, because I was with my husband and my mom was with us for the first two months and my mother-in-law come and help us. I feel like I was being surrounded with the people I love and people who is going to help me. I wasn't. Re- I didn't really face what I was you know, having, uh, that is my worst uh, feature. I know the problems I need to fix and I am so lazy to take action of those things. I still like, at least for a year, I kept telling, I need to go to a therapy about all these things. I still keep saying the same thing. Uh, I definitely going to do that. I trust, I'm on the same boat. I've been talking about, even on social media, oh, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see a therapist. Blah blah blah. Because I think nowadays it's, it's less taboo and more acceptable. Like we don't mm-hmm. look at each other being like, "Oh, she needs to shrink," or blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's like therapy. I think anybody and everybody can use therapy. I don't yeah. care how successful you are. I don't mm-hmm. care if you think you have your mm-hmm. life 100, you know, perfect. You can still talk about something. You know what? It's what what you say. It's so true because I often find myself doing therapy to myself. You know, I sometimes think I used to think this way, but now I used to this this way. I think this, this, this happened. What a therapist do to you is mm-hmm. because it's generally weekly thing yeah. or like, I don't know, like people schedule, but most of my friends do weekly because the life is so busy. Mm-hmm. We don't have a time to sit and think what happened in our lives right. and therapists job is to show you what happened and because we don't have that time somebody just shows us what's going on in our life and I think it's the most important thing (laughs) yet I'm so let's make it a goal we'll hold each other accountable I think my struggle I'm not like lazy about it it's like the process of finding a therapist Mm. because as you know it's not just I mean, I have a lot of friends who go to therapy and they've sent their recommendations. And I mean, I haven't even reached out to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, to the actual therapist. But it's like dating. You have to make sure that, one, you're comfortable with them. That Mm -hmm. you guys are vibing. Because the worst thing is you don't want to be paying for a discussion where you, you know, leave feeling like Mm -hmm. not satisfied about 
what that session mm-hmm. you know what I mean what you know what I actually find a startup about this oh yeah yeah after this oh, I'm gonna tell you about oh, it I think I know okay I, I don't really it. remember yeah, their yeah, name we'll, we'll talk, talk about yeah, that we'll but talk about that we'll, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about but we'll keep ourselves accountable because I think you could use therapy I think I can mm-hmm. use therapy I think everybody can use therapy so we'll you know we'll circle mm-hmm. back with mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. But for the, you know, about the being mother thing, I definitely feel like I'm not that, you know, typical mom yet. My confession keeps going. (laughs) (laughs) These guys, these listeners are like our therapists now. (laughs) So my mom was here for like like a very brief time Mm -hmm. and I kind of feel, you know, uh, resentful to her. Why? did you leave me early, you know? And what I'm doing is the same thing what society do to all the moms. I'm telling you, I'm not the regular mom who puts the kids first for everything, yet I'm I'm blaming my mom. Why weren't you here? The reason she left early because she has, like, homesickness, which is, like, a very serious thing, by the way. I don't know if you ever live in abroad, but I did twice. So I know how, Mm -hmm. you know, important thing uh, homesickness is. If she's not going to happy in here, she's not going to able to help me. So I just told her, don't feel like you are obligated to be here because, you know, Eastern culture is different than Western. And, and um, in Turkey, all the moms feel like they entitled to help their kids when they have, yeah, same thing. yeah yeah and I was try I was telling her because she's also a very emotional person I was trying to tell her don't feel guilty you are obviously not happy here just go we, we are gonna handle this because you know at the end of the day it's our choice to be live so far from them you know we can't blame really anyone but why you guys are not helping us we can't really tell that you know and and yet I feel I can't help myself with this, you know, feeling. And this is the, one of the reasons I need to talk to my therapist. I am telling I'm not a regular mom. I'm not going to put uh, only my kids or others people needs or, uh, before my needs. But I'm blaming my mom. See how hard some of the things society put us through. And I just realized this after I become a mom. And this, I feel like this needs to be heard. This is kind of very uh, private thing to tell to people. But at the same time, I feel like most people don't really talk these things. And when I tell people about my, you know, experience when I first become a mom, I hear people you are very right. Like I have one friend has the same, you know, experience you had, but I don't know those, you know, because people are not talking about this. It's the same thing as like miscarriages. Like I had two miscarriage. I don't know if if you even know about it. I actually talk about it in my Instagram couple of times, but you, you can't really tell, you can't really see all my Instagram right. posts. So I understand if you don't know about this. And after people hear this, then people start to think, oh, it's a very common thing. Before that, I was thinking, I'm not able to do this because it's a, such a natural thing and we have any control about it. 
our body is doing this naturally and we have any control about it. And after I get miscarriage, I told to one of my very best friend who lives in Turkey and she said she had miscarriage too. And she told me, and also my doctor told me like 40% of the first pregnancies are end up, end up with miscarriage. And because we, nobody talks about that. We have no idea about that. We blame ourselves right away when you have that problem. I think this struggle about being mom is the same kind of thing. We always talk about how I always see like people when they first, you know, share their photos with the baby just born. They were always talking about these like beautiful emotions and talking about how the most important, beautiful thing they ever had and stuff. I was thinking, why I don't feel those feelings? And it's still hard on me. I feel like, am I a bad person? Am I like, I don't, do I don't like my children? It's not the right question, actually, because I feel in my core when something happens to them, I scare to do that. It's because, you know, what if something happens? You know, it's that mother instincts comes right away. But psychologically, when I live my life, I feel like, I'm not those typical moms and that's kind of bothers me why I'm not like that. And I feel like it's okay to be this way, but at the same time, I don't have that many friends to tell me it's fine. You can be also like this. And I'm talking this right now to make these things are real and people have these experiences, but nobody's talking about it. Well, thank you so much for sharing. No, honestly, I feel like I was just really present with what you were saying, just trying to absorb everything in. We spoke a little bit about this in the beginning when you were telling me about your feelings. And this was even before I had the podcast. And mm -hmm. I remember thinking like, wow, like somebody can listen to this. It only takes one person to listen to that and be like, I can relate to her story. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I wanted to create this. It was to create a platform where women and men just mm -hmm. people in general human beings to be able to come and feel safe and just literally vent and in a way yes it's like a form of therapy because I'm <laughs> sure you feel a little better and yeah I just feel also closer to you just you know for you sharing it and mm -hmm. I want to take a moment right now to kind of acknowledge you for your story your strength your bravery your journey and be that friend that you say you don't have that much to tell you that it is okay. Again, I'm not a mom. I don't feel like I have the like the qualifications to even, you know what I mean, like say this. But mm -hmm. I feel like there is no right or wrong way to be a mom. Yeah. And there is not this one path of how you should act and how you should feel because at the end of the day we all have our different lives mm -hmm. and what you're feeling is valid mm -hmm. you know what I mean like just because you don't feel happy or whatever that doesn't mean that makes you less of a mom mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like like you said you it's in in us naturally mm -hmm. like mother instincts and all that mm -hmm. and I think just the fact that you're even able to see yourself in that way and acknowledge those feelings mm -hmm. is incredible mm -hmm. I, like, when you say these things, I straightly, right away start thinking about, like, how, um, you know, you know, I am, uh, like, a mother for them, like, a 
of course I'm their mom but at the end of the day you just you, you can't really avoid to compare yourself with other people you know and I was thinking like you know when we talk about the financial difficulties and stuff it's so easy to for us to go back to Turkey and I am telling you like we make this life is like in a luxurious way and we can send our kids the best school top schools we can live in the best neighborhoods and stuff but even maybe that's a you know best choice for them like in terms of getting a quality education and stuff but we still want to keep in here and make it in New York for both them for and for us because at the end of the day New York is the place I want them to stay home because in New York they have like so many different you know cultures and um, people around them and sometimes I feel like New York is the like most friendliest cities and um, I don't think a lot of people will agree with that but <laughs> you know what I I don't know why people say yeah. that because you know uh, we were watching this you know some um, romantic comedy about New York and they show this crazy taxi driver in New York and like everybody's yelling each other and stuff of course we have bad days like every other cities but at the end of today I never see any other place tell me how beautiful I look like you know when I walk on the streets Yeah. I see a lot of people always, you know, very helpful when I stroll with my kids. Everybody is holding door for me like this city is kind. Everybody has struggled in this city. And it's because you know we are all coming from other different backgrounds. We are kind of one big family trying to help each other because all of our relatives families are far away. So we become our families in this city. This is why I want them to be in New York and this is why I want to make it in New York. That's such a beautiful way to like end the <laughs> podcast. It's such a positive note. I feel like I mean, again, I'm a native, but I haven't even looked at the city in that way. I love the city, don't get me wrong. The other day I was at the William Vale and I was looking at the sunset. Mm-hmm. And I was just having a moment to myself and I looked and it was beautiful and I was like, "Oh my god, I am so 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 lucky to mm-hmm. call this my home yeah but again going back to just like the struggle sometimes we are so um what like obsessed in our own problems mm-hmm. that we forget to take a step back and look at again mm-hmm. this the city and the opportunities and everything it's just it's like no other yeah so thank you for sharing that And thank you so much for being on here. Um, I do want to let you have a second to just kind of, again, tell the audience, I guess, like, what are you up to right now? Um, right now, I'm looking for a house. We are still in a Airbnb house after we came from our very long vacation. And yeah, I mean, between looking for an apartment, we kind of find a perfect school for girls, which is a rent money, <laughs> but it's still very nice. Uh-huh. Um, so we are looking for an apartment and I also definitely looking for a full-time job. I love working on my blog, but it's not going to happen for now. I'm going to put all of Bitola, Bitola, <laughs> um, her information, her blog, her Instagram, and maybe even her email. Yeah, if sure. If this 
podcast goes live and she's still unemployed. <laughs> Hit a girl up and tell her about some jobs, guys. And one more question before yeah. we wrap this up. What is the one thing you love most about yourself? Mm. I think being able to come back, you know, I, I, I'm a Virgo. Um, and all, uh, like all the other Virgos, I criticize to hell. And I think I criticize myself the most, but even though when I have something bad, I always tr- like able to look back in a positive way. And I always, you know, Put myself in a better mood to keep going. I think that is the best uh, quality of uh, being materialist. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What a great way to end this podcast. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I thought, I think it was like one of the more in-depth and just like emotional but like powerful episodes I've yet recorded. So thank you. I really, really appreciate you coming on and just being honest. And I hope I mean, I know for a fact that somebody is like, even if they cannot relate directly, they're mm-hmm. like, wow, that was so amazing. Yeah, definitely. Like sometimes I, uh, these post- podcasts are like insane. I don't know how you do it. I want to do it, but I don't see that quality in myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like what I'm going to talk about, you yeah. know? I like the guest talk though. Yeah, that's yeah. that's better. But you know, the questions are also... You I know. feel like I didn't ask you any questions because you just really took it took it upon yourself, which is great. That's how you know that was that's what makes it good. Sure, I really need that therapist. Yes. <laughs> oh God. All right, but thank you so much again for coming on. I hope you guys thank enjoyed you it. Stay tuned for the next episode, and thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>